Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Now, finally, speaking of this balkanization, this divide and conquer, this liberation theology, Pope Francis has encouraged the illegal immigration of the U.S., says those opposed to it should seek God's forgiveness, close quote. I think the Vatican, one of the richest institutions in the world, the Vatican City and Rome, then, should open its doors to anyone that wants to climb over the gates and climb over its big walls and climb over its big fences. And we can show you some of that footage we shot there two weeks ago. And that unlimited amounts, billions of people worldwide want wealth. They should just have people come in and live in the treasury and live in the papal throne rooms and just in the giant facility and just fill the church. That's what churches are supposed to be for. Get rid of all the armed guards around it. And stop the sin of having a wall. Stop the sin of having security. Stop the sin of, of having all that wealth, those helicopters, and the Swiss Guard. And stop the sin of your announcement that you have diplomatic immunity and are above the law and are the total sovereign on the earth and have the keys to heaven and hell. I thought Christ had those. Oh, but you say he gave them to you. Okay, whatever. Uh, then it's time, Mr. So-called Communist that wants global carbon taxes and world government, it's time for you to open up your borders to all the Vatican resources, all the Vatican facilities around the world, some of the biggest landowners on the planet. But no, you're a big, fat, stinking hypocrite, and you make me sick. And I know a lot of good Catholic people. Now, I've never bashed Catholics, because I think the fruits of what the Catholics have done have been good. But let me tell you, there's no doubt with what you're doing. Where are you on the abortion? Where are you on abortion? Where are you on all the babies being dissected? Oh, you told us. You said over and over again, stop obsessing on abortion. It's sick, and you're a hypocrite. And you are absolutely anathema to what the Bible says and what it stands for. But you get your liberation theology that Jesus was a communist, Jesus was a socialist. It's sickening. So give up your wealth. Open up all your facilities around the world of poor. You say you're, you are your own sovereign nation and that you choose who can come in and who can go. You have no right as a sovereign nation, just like America doesn't, to have borders. You, we will let people in and you will pay for it. And if 10 times that come in and you can't pay for it, it doesn't matter. You will pay for it. You'll give everybody what you got. In fact, under your direction, Catholics worldwide, even if they're poor, should give everything on. You know, they have a way to just whoever climbs over their fence, including their children, because we do give our children up to have them dissected, their body parts sold. I was just thinking about veterans being put on no-treat death list, and the real evil's going on. No, no, you just sit there and pose, just like Rachel Maddow, just like Bill Clinton, just like Barack Obama, and act like you're a humanitarian. When you're a hardcore social engineer for the megabanks and the 
Vatican's been totally taken over by blackmails. He's been the one in Guardian for all the pedophilia. And you are the globalist guy they put in there now to completely take over the Vatican and turn it into a total engine of world government and total domination. And it's shameful. And now he's going to come here the 24th of September and lecture Congress about opening our borders. They've said they are. How sick a foreign leader of a foreign sovereign government who keeps its borders completely tight and controlled and is totally greedy and hands out almost no aid worse than the Clinton Foundation, and then you're going to lecture us. Why don't you go back to your gated, armored fortress, you hypocrite, and get down on your knees to all those idols, all that loot you've got in there. It looks like a Las Vegas was scooped up and vomited into there. Alex Jones signing off for InfoWars.com on Canada Bound. Okay, folks. All right. So, yeah, a little bit of an echo there, but, yeah, um, that was Alex Jones, and this is nothing but the truth. One man's journey to find it. It is August the 22nd, 2015, and we have, once again, this very special guest, uh, Greg Anthony. Greg Anthony, you can find him on First Amendment Radio and uh, Investigative Reports, our journal. Um, and you can also find a lot of Greg's work over the years on uh, ArcticBeacon.com and Investigative Journal. He's done a lot of great work. Now, before we get going and talking to Greg, I just want to have a, a comment a little bit about Greg. <clears throat> He's been generous to allow me to do this. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I, uh, over the, you know, I, the past year or so, and, um, you know, and I've used a couple of Greg's articles on the show, and uh, you know, I've heard a lot of different opinions about Greg, and I have come to realize that Greg is one of those exceptional uh, people out there, voices, who's been consistent on talking about the Jesuits, talking about uh, the Vatican, uh, the papacy, uh, the problems that that uh, they have created, the problems that we have through them, and uh, <clears throat> you know. I just wanted to say uh, that I've come to admire it. You know, there's a lot of us, including myself, we get sidetracked, going this direction, that direction, and lose focus. And Greg has done a good job staying focused. And uh, I wanted to say that. So with that, uh, Greg, thank you for joining me once again in this important topic, uh, talking about September 23rd, the papacy, and other things, other matters that affect their life. How are you doing? Oh, great, and thanks for those kind words. Oh, it's, I'm being sincere about it. So I just, <laughs> okay. I, I was telling you, you know, it's like, you know, I, I, it's not like people are knocking on my door to, to be on my show. I usually it's, it, well, it's always been the opposite. I, I ask people to come to my show that um, I'm impressed with and there are people that have, I know have something to share, not only to me, but to, the, but to the audience. So I do appreciate you, man, and I do appreciate all the work you've been doing. So you've been doing some great stuff, and uh I mean, the past, I've been listening to the past couple of weeks again, you know, and, uh, uh, wow, <laughs> some heavy stuff, <laughs> heavy stuff you've been talking about and really important stuff. Well, you know, one of the, one of the interesting things, I just try to make it simple. And, uh, one of the things, uh, that we have to remember, especially as a broadcaster is that, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of times we make the mistake of, uh, placing everybody in the same position that we're in. And what I mean by that is, 
the my own experience in life is unique, just like everybody else's, and uh, my experiences uh, have led me to to talk about this story. I don't think I would have done it unless I lived in Rome for seven years, uh, and I can remember back. It's kind of like this. Uh, you remember how you were when you were a child, but when you get older, you seem to forget it, and uh, you become a completely different person. What I've tried to do with this story is always remember how I was when I first learned about this stuff and what went through my mind and how I was really, my belief system was so set that this could not be true. Uh, first of all, uh, I always say that, you know what, the only probably reason that I got in this far with this story is because that was my job, to question things. And so that put me in a, a certain category. Uh, I can understand where people come from that felt this, that, oh, the Vatican can't be this way. Our government has to be on, at least have something uh, redeeming for us in the future. No, it, it, it turns out that once you open this door, <laughs> little by little, you start to see how it all works together. And... Um, through the help of many, many researchers along the way, I've come to the point where I've never been happier in my life to understand this stuff and to cope with it because you can go through a lot of pain and anguish thinking you're the, you know, you're an exile, you're, you're, nobody listens to what you say. Uh, but the real important thing is it's not that important. Uh, all you have to do is make yourself available with the information that you have, keep an open mind, and allow uh, your message to resonate with people without, uh, you know, anger, uh, fear, all these things that the Vatican-led New World Order used to control us. And I think once you get to that point... Uh, you're not only happier, but you can actually get the message across better and you can understand what's going on out there because we live in an age uh, that is so unique from the fact that we're, we're called modern men. We have all this information at our fingertips. But I find that the more, you know, we're, we're probably more uh, uh, challenged as a as a society to get to the basics the truth of what what's really going on than any others and it's really ironic isn't it that the more information you get the uh <laughs> less advanced i don't know how to put it but we're not as advanced as we think we are no and uh we i guess i can leave I it at that go ahead well you know well no i think you're very you got some great points there and i think bring it up if folks you who listen to my show know that I'm not a great fan of um, well Alex Jones, but you know what? Um, listening to what he had to say today, you know, or this week, that uh, little supposedly calling out the Pope, um, and it kind of goes along with what you're saying there, where you know here's this guy, uh, he's giving you some of the truth, but he's not giving you the whole truth, and he's with a bunch of with some disinformation and getting dates wrong, and uh, really, you know not being really genuine about uh, Roman Catholicism in general. Um, um, but, you know, why? You know, why this guy? Why Why? Why Alex Jones all of a sudden jumping on the band? Well, let me, 
let me go back again and explain where I'm coming from with him. And, uh, you know, a number of years ago, I used to be on Genesis, and uh, my show was right after his, and I was also on Republic Broadcasting, which is uh, one of the two, Genesis and them were probably the two biggest alternative uh, stations at the time. And uh, when I began, you see, I, I started out doing a lot of things about 9-11, and I used to be a guest on his show all the time. And so I know these guys. And, in fact, I stayed in uh, Austin, and I used to go into it. Uh, I was in Round Rock, and I was there for about six or seven months. So I got to see these uh, this up close and personal. And the interesting thing that people forget, when I started to concentrate, I slowly would add shows about the Vatican and started to look for people that uh, understood this in America and bring them on my show and talk about the papacy and all the things that I talk about today. Uh, but back then, the first thing that Republic did and John Stepmiller was to bring on Michael Collins Piper to, to blame everything on the Jews. So it was kind of a counter uh, to my show. Then I was given the ultimatum that I'm a one-trick pony, and if you don't get off the Vatican, you're not going to have a job here. And so I said, fine. Now, from the other side of the coin on Genesis, you sign a contract with that, uh, that news agency, that uh, company, that states you cannot criticize other broadcasters. Now, the reason that's there, I believe, is to protect Alex Jones, because he basically was their big breadwinner. He was the guy that was given the money. He was the guy that was given the, uh, he was the first one out of the gate. Uh, there's no secret to who he is and who he works for. But the point I'm trying to make is at that particular juncture, he would not say my name, but no longer was I welcome on his show. He would call me crazy. He said, the were his words, the Vatican has changed. Uh, the Vatican has no money. They're a small organization, and guys like him and Eric Phelps and all these guys are actually crazy. So he was completely 10 years ago or eight years ago on the other side of the fence. So Alex Jones, uh, to me, it doesn't matter who he works for. You can make up your mind. I know the information he gives out. I know so many backstories about him that it's almost ridiculous for me. You know, if he works for the New World Order, that's fine. I'll listen to certain... You know, the, one of the reasons I can't listen to him is because he reminds me of Rush Limbaugh in the alternative broadcasting, and I just don't like his voice. He's, you know, I'm not the kind of guy that likes to listen to people ranting and raving and using that kind of, you know... It's the same reason, you know... Years ago, I just don't like the presentation of Rush Limbaugh. You know, he may say some good things for the people who believe in the, the right wing and all that garbage. But he reminded me, and I remember saying this years ago laughingly, I would say, you know, he's kind of the Rush Limbaugh, the alternative media. And uh, when I watched his empire grow, I'll tell you right now, when I was down in Round Rock with RBN, and I don't think GCN's any different, I don't know where they get their money. But it had to be coming from somewhere because their advertising didn't support a big office and all the things they were doing. So I knew there was something up. Now, the point I always made was this. When, when uh, I, it was funny how this worked. Two weeks ago, uh, someone I, I happened to just catch what Jones was saying. It was saying, well, I didn't know. I didn't catch what he was saying. Uh, 
somebody mentioned, why don't you get hold of Leo's Academy again? You know, Leo's my, uh, and I always say my friend from Italy, who uh, I used to bring him on my show all the time. And uh, then I, I came and I said, listen, this guy, I don't, you know, I can't support him anymore because of I, I think he works for the other side. And me and him got into a little bit of uh, a skirmish on the air. And so then he went off. And now he's doing all these books. His, net, his last, uh, you know, and in the meantime, we keep in touch. And the reason I do that is because there's kind of an Italian thing here between me and him. Uh, I, I, I know Italy well. I lived there for seven years. And I understand, and I kind of use, I say this kind of tongue-in-cheek, uh, but if you remember the statement in The Godfather, uh, the the great statement made, you know, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Right. Uh, there's a lot of truth to that. And uh, the point is, if you're on the wrong side, let's say you're on the wrong side, keep your enemies closer because you want to destroy them. But if you're on the right side, keep your enemies closer so you can understand them. And so I've always, in the meantime, I said to Leo, oh, come on, let, you know, and Leo said to me, let's forget about it, let's just talk. So I hadn't talked to him about a year. So about two weeks ago, I emailed him in Rome, and I said, hey, Leo, how's it going? Uh, you want to come on my show again? I, I just thought it'd be interesting. And he emails me, emails me back, and he says, oh, I'm so surprised that you called. But Alex Jones is here now, and we just got done doing a little taped interview. And you wouldn't believe it, Greg, but he is now coming out, and he understands what we're talking about. Uh-huh. And, uh, uh, you know, I think you ought to forgive him for uh, certain things, and he now understands. So what Leo is really doing is now – I said whether Leo and Alex are actually funded by the Vatican to get this information out, it makes no difference to me. And I can say that to him on the show. It won't make any difference, and he'll probably say something, well, that's not where I'm from. And so I'll say, fine. Now, the point I'm trying to make is people like to generalize with these people, with these, let's call them co-intel. Now, people say, oh, he went to a Jesuit school, so he's got to be a Jesuit. Well, I went to a I went to a Holy Cross Father's School at Notre Dame. People could say the same exact thing about me. And in the past, they did. When I came out with this information back eight to ten years ago, there was a barrage of information on the uh, Internet that I was a, uh, working for the Jews. I was, con- I was a member of the Mossad, and uh, <laughs> I have a, um, a handler, and they even gave a name of some military guy. And I, you know what? I knew I was on the right track because I know myself, you know, and the few people that know me realize these, this is not who he is, but the only, pre- the only person that really knows is me. So I knew I was on the right track, but do you believe, would you understand that many more people believed Alex Jones than me? And the reason is because he's out there more, he's got more money. He's bigger. That's why more people believe NASA than they believe researchers that will tell you this, this is not the way our universe is set. Right. And uh, they use the same MO there. So what I decided to do is really think about it and say to myself, there's no sense fighting with these people. Let's just let people decide. And the more I, information I can get, the better off I am. And why should I close off this? Because they've been doing this for hundreds of years. They have been... Uh, you know, spreading information 
uh, disinformation for hundreds of years in all kinds of manners. And if you research all of this, you will see they were doing the same thing back during the time of the French Revolution, the American Revolution, etc. And so it's not uncommon. It's just that we're a people that are we're challenged with history because we've been given the wrong story. Now, with Alex Jones. So I say, wow, Leo's telling me he's there. Then I found that little clip uh, that you played, and I listened to Alex Jones, and I go, isn't that interesting? The first question that came to my mind is why do they want him to say this now? He is yeah. not doing this as a truthful journalist. He's doing this because it is time for them to get this information out with him. So he's done an about-face just at the time uh, Mr. Pope is coming to America. So you put those things together. Why? Now, the, the key thing in his statement that he made was that the church has now been infiltrated. <laughs> the church has always been infiltrated. Absolutely. And he's setting up this kind of distribution of wealth. Okay, Vatican, if you're, you know, a lot of those things is true. You know, I've said it too. Well, well, the Pope's coming out and say distribute wealth. Why don't you guys distribute wealth? But you can see what he's trying to do is create a division. He's going to be the chaotic leader of the dissident people that come here to see the Pope and to create chaos and disinformation. That's my take. Because the question becomes, why would he decide now to bring this information out? He's told to do it. He's given the go, the okay. And he's one of those guys that works with them, but spreads now information that he's not. He hates the Pope. Well, he hates this particular Pope. He didn't really come out and start talking about the institution itself for thousands of years. He won't come out and say that they have infiltrated our government since the beginning of time. And this is all a scenario to bring us down. Now, the Vatican, I'm convinced, will bring itself down and create a one-world uh, religion. They're going to have something new, and they don't care if they destroy the old. Because my thinking is you cannot create a one-world government. You need a partner. And the partner isn't going to be science. It's not credible enough. The partner isn't going to be bankers. The partner isn't going to be anything but the biggest fraud set upon the, this earth for since the beginning of time. And the best way to work to get a one-world government, one-world spiritual changeover is to work together with the Vatican, and they will do this because the world cannot switch over to this one-world system without a changeover. And you can see this unity. The Vatican's going to come out, and they're going to have a false messiah. Everybody's going to rally around this new Maitreya or whatever they call it, and the evil that the evil guys in the Vatican will be destroyed, the evil guys in government, but in a sense, it's the evil guys doing it again. And nothing is true. All you got to do to understand Alex Jones now is go back to the movie Angels and Demons that uh, they put out a number of years ago, not too far ago. Ron Howard and uh, Tom Hanks did it. Now, I knew... I, I used to get information when they were making this movie that they were in the, you know, Ron Howard and Tom Hanks were in the Vatican getting their money 
And they had to be there. And then when the filming of the movie, of course. But the idea with that movie is similar to what Jones is doing. It is basically saying the Vatican has a good side and the Illuminati has now infiltrated it. But in that movie, they won, remember? Remember? But they never did say the truth that the Vatican is the Illuminati. That's right. And that's exactly what's going on with Jones. And so all I'm saying is take the information let him rant and rave, and then you know assimilate the information and use it for good, not for fighting with him. You ain't gonna win. I know that for a fact. I mean, I can tell you a story. I was in a small town living in Colorado, still doing my show, and uh, I was in the library one day, and uh, this guy that was in there reading, and he was on the internet. Uh, I don't know, I kind of knew him, I didn't know him, but he knew uh, my girlfriend at the time, and uh, he looked, he says, are you Greg Szymanski? You know, I am Greg Anthony Szymanski, I just use Anthony because people screw up my name so much. Um, He says, and he says, oh, you're that guy. I go, he says, you live here? I know you live with, uh, you live here. I said, yeah. He said, oh, Oh, so you're, yeah, so you know what he told, you know then, he's spreading this all around town that I was a Mossad member, that I was a New World Order guy, and you know where he got it from? Alex Jones. So, uh, even in the little town I lived in, I could not, he wouldn't believe me. He's going to believe him more than me. And so I just said, forget about it. I said, if you're going to believe that crazy stuff, go ahead. So that's what I'm getting at. Um, And I think it's pretty simple. I think everybody should look at what he's saying and say, why now? And look at what the Pope's doing here. Look at what's going on. And you will come to the conclusion that, one, even if he works for them, who cares? Uh, This is going to progress. And we, you know, I come to a conclusion a long time ago. The more good we get out, the worse it gets. And the reason that is, is we, uh, you can't, you, you, I think people that go into this fight with these people, and I'll call it a fight, but it's really not, with this idea that the world's going to change, with this idea that chemtrails are going to stop, with this idea that we're ever going to that really everybody's going to rally to the truth about 9-11 and throw out our government, is crazy. It's not going to happen. Just like you're not going to stop the fact that there will be a false messiah here, the Vatican working together with our government, to bring this world into a one-world government, one-world religion. It's going to happen. I don't know if you agree with me on that, but I'd like to get your comments. I absolutely uh, – got to stop using that word, use that word too much. But I um, – yeah, I, I agree. I mean, from my research, what the Bible says, uh, we're not going to change the course of history. Uh, the Word of God has told us that this is what's going to happen, and there is no changing it. I was thinking about this, and there's so many things I, I want to talk to you about here. But the first thing I was, I was thinking about last night, you have these videos that are out there about the uh, the one percent, and then the rest of us, and they have like a you know it's like a little dot, and then that represents the one percent that's oppressing all the rest of us, the ninety nine point nine nine whatever percent. And if we just all get together and we can suppress that 1%, we can take it over, kick them out, and we can have this wonderful new world. 
which is pretty much <laughs> kind of the message that there's this whole new world order destroying the Vatican and all that. You know, there's the dream, the fantasy that somehow uh, that we're going to actually change the course of time and God's plan, and it's not going to happen. This is God's allowing this all to happen. And so, yeah, um, you look at that, you look at the fact that um, <clears throat> it's clear that, uh, as we know, it, it doesn't, I do a little bit of history, study the Bible, you realize that the Vatican for 1,000, maybe 1,500 plus years has been uh, under the control of the serpent, Satan himself. That the, that the bishopric of, the, of Rome has been nothing more than puppet of Satan uh, under the guise or disguise of, of being Christian, a thin veneer of, of that. So, but I was listening to, uh, when I was listening to uh, Alex Jones' little rant there for well under five minutes, it, to me, to be honest with you, Greg, it sounds scripted. It didn't even sound like his words, really. It sounded like, here we go, we're going to do this, the Pope is coming, whatever, we got this new agenda, uh, we're going to use you uh, as one of those uh, rallying, uh, one of those leaders uh, to uh, basically make a guy like yourself, Greg, and myself, and the people who are in the know, and speaking out against the Vatican, look like we're fanatical nutcases. I mean, we're nut jobs, and that we're just fanatical, and we're not reasonable, and we're not thinking straight, and that people just, just don't listen to a guy like Greg Anthony because. I mean, look right. at Alex Jones. Alex Jones is he's in that case. He's ranting and raving and acting like a, 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 a you know a forty-something-year-old you know little kid. And uh, <laughs> I mean, that's really what I see. It I see is just it's it's more this mind game that they play with people because you know let's face it, we're lazy by nature. I'm lazy, at least. And uh, we don't really want to do the footwork. We don't really want to spend the time studying and researching, trying to figure out what the world is about. We want someone like a Rush Limbaugh or Alex Jones to tell us what the world's all about. We want somebody else to do our thinking. And so easy to manipulate the majority of, of us. I can only look at myself. I'm 47. And all the lies and, and the people that led me this way, that way, and I just... Listen to them, I, you know, instead of developing this, some critical thinking skills and questioning, you know, uh, I, I think it's real easy to manipulate. So if you have just a little bit of an inkling, you recognize there's something not right about this country or the world, or you're a little patriotic, you're a little, uh, you think that you're going to be able to change the world, that you still believe this whole idea that maybe we can, uh, that we can conquer, we can overcome this and you got a voice like uh, Alex Jones, and people just gravitate to that instead of uh, like stepping back and, and saying, "Well, uh, what's true and what's not? Does it make sense?" Or you know, and then Jake, we want somebody else to think. We want somebody else to think for us. You know, that's well, you know, it's it's a good analysis. What you just said is really a good analysis, uh, also of what he's up to. And so, yeah, that's what's going to happen. They're going to, you know, and plus you got to think of it in these terms. Uh, if you disagree with the uh, Pope coming here speaking to our Congress, uh, that's fine. But the point I'm trying to make is we've got to look and say why this guy's coming here. What is really happening 
why are they doing this? Because it's, a, it's, another, it's another step towards what their plan is. And so I don't really think uh, protesting, I've said this many, many times, and pe- a lot of people don't agree with me, but that's fine. Protesting does absolutely no good. Uh, it isn't time to rally a million people to come and say, hey, we don't want the Pope here. It isn't time for a million truck drivers to get on the road and say we want lower gas prices because all that's going to happen is people will get arrested and it'll create chaos, exactly what they want. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you look at the history of these protests, nothing ever works. It gets worse. Look at what happened uh, during the time of Martin Luther King. I mean, uh, look, this is all a controlled situation that we're living in now. Uh, and we have to really be on our toes more or less from our own understanding because when it boils down to it, uh, I think that this plan that they, they've had for years is way too far gone for us to basically turn the hands of clock back and make this into the uh, country that we wanted it to be to make everybody uh, you know, in the world live in unity, but the point I'm trying to say is they're going to use the same tactic that I just said to lead who's ever left in this world after they're done with their next big, huge conflict. Mm. That's how they're going to control the rest of the population that's coming up, the smaller population they want. They're going to be brainwashed to think that they are the chosen people. They are living under the good God has come back. But really, they're going to be lied to and led into this world that will be created, that will seem to be unity, but there will be no freedom of religion. There will be no freedom of speech. It will be a compacted one-world order, one-world government, and people like us will be gone. It's that simple. I don't see, I don't know when, I don't know where, but I think, to me, that is the outcome that's facing mankind right now. And uh, whether you want to be one of the survivors or not, it's not up to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I I think you have to keep moving forward. Uh, You know, I really get tired. I, I know there's a lot of Christians out there, and I'm Sometimes I, I get into really uh, not. I, I don't argue with. Them. I disagree with this fact that you know. I talk to Christians and they they say, well, you know, I, I can't wait till I go to Heavenly Father. You know, well, that's fine, but it's not up to you when. And you're given a choice here. You're put here for a reason. And so my thinking is, don't rush it. Don't bring yourself to your own. You know, what's this? What's the difference between killing yourself? and killing yourself softly every day, you know? Don't do it. Live life to its fullest. I mean, and make yourself available for the truths that you believe in without trying to sway anybody. I don't really, really care who believes me. I don't want anybody to believe me. I don't want anyone to, you know, all I'm saying is this is what I think. This is what I'm going to continue to research. And that is going to be my uh, 
congregation, so to speak, me, myself, and I. And people who want to listen, people I can help at least function a little better, that's all I care about. I don't want to create. So many people get into this evangelistic idea. Even my dog now wants to come in. Come on, Max. (laughs) He wants to talk now. So they get into this evangelistic idea that Everybody should believe in what I believe, because this is the truth. And, you know, this is the right way that Genesis 3 is, you know, and it goes on and on. And I'm going, okay. My thinking is very simple. The more information I get from people, the more I can assimilate it and figure certain things out. Now, I'm I'm never, ever going to figure out everything in the Bible. I, I just don't think I have that ability to be God. I do have the ability to reach read certain things and make sense out of it, and but I don't have the ability to figure out the seventy days of Daniel and all that garbage, you know. And I'm not saying it's garbage. I'm saying it's prophetic stuff that can be interpreted a hundred way, million ways. Just like people will spend their life arguing whether there's a great tribulation or not, and you know what I'm saying. There's other things to think about here. For example, I, if you want to think about the Bible, I say go back to the story of Cain and Abel and work your way through that. I found it to be the most interesting study I ever did. And whether I understand much more in the Bible, to me, I've, I've gotten something out of it. I think that's what really the book is there for. Uh, and when you study the story of Cain and Abel, you'll, you'll understand why what good and evil is all about and why God presented it in this way, and who the New World Order is today, and why they're allowed to do this. And boy, I'll tell you, uh, you can go back to some of my old shows, because I don't want to spend the whole time talking about it, because it takes that long, and you can see where Cain and Abel, that story, coming today, that it lives today in our leaders. That's why they're allowed to be there. And they do the same thing that Cain did. And through his generations that have come, that that same system functions today. And in that, I understood good and evil because many people that I talk to still go, well, I hate that God. Look what he does. He kills everybody. I can't love a God like that. And, you know, I used to think to myself, how do I, you know, why is that? And so it was that study of Cain and Abel that made me understand that. Now, let me give you an example. I grew up a Catholic. Now, do you think if I had never understood who the Vatican was, I would have ever read that? Because, no, they don't want you to read the Bible for any spiritual help. And that's what I consider it, a book of spiritual help. And to me, it helped greatly to put everything together. But I then said to myself, thank you, Vatican, for being who you are. Because if you weren't who you are, I'd have never got here. I'd have never understood this. Because... Thank, and I say that, thank you, President Obama, for being who you are, because now I can really understand what a good leader would really be like. <laughs> and thank you so much, Vatican, for bringing all this information, because now I understand the difference between your pagan religion and what is really... Uh, I don't like sacrificing children. I don't like killing... But thank you for you know showing me that this is what you've been about, and you're going to be like this forever. Thank you so much, because without that, I'd have never understood it. And that is goes, you know, thank you, Nassau, 
for giving me all these computer-generated images and lying to me my whole life about the shape of the earth because I had never really understood it unless he did that. I needed to hear all that because that's exactly what they do. And I say thank you, Alex Jones, for now coming out and talking against the Pope because I can really understand who you are. <laughs> and the same things with many people. And I hope that people look at me the same way. You know, evaluate me exactly the same way as you evaluate the Vatican, anything. Do it, you know, and that's what I'm getting at. And we all should look at it that way because it makes it so much easier. We don't really understand, I think, that without these things going on, we'd never get to the point where God wants us to get to maybe. And that's a key thought. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I absolutely agree with you that – that you have to go through this process and you have to see the the uh, the, the fables, the, see the, the, the uh, futility of man's ways um, that, I mean, you really have to see the dark and understand the light. You really do. And I don't want to sound too new agey about it because it, it's, but I mean, really, it, you have to see all the inconsistencies, the, um, the oper- how people operate and, uh, uh, and how confused the world is to come to a realization of how pure and simple the truth is uh, as far as Jesus Christ and uh, we're going to put our faith in God and not in the man and our idols that are many, many formed. They're more than just the statues in Rome. Um, you know, we have you know, the idolatry of a government and all that kind of thing. I, I just want to go back a little bit to this. Uh, as we're talking, I just had kind of a little bit of epiphany for myself, you know, I've been listening to voices over and over again, and I kind of, and reading, and kind of developed um, the idea, the theory that the reason why the Pope is coming is to demonstrate uh, that uh, there's been a complete and utter takeover of the United States. But after listening to this, and it just clicked for me finally, that's how pathetic I am is that it has nothing to do with it, that the papacy, um, that Rome has always been in control, and this has nothing about America at all in the sense that uh, uh, Rome is taking over. Um, What is, you know, America has been the beacon, the symbol of hope for humanity. That's how they played it out. Of course, you and I know it's not true. I mean, the behavior and acts of those come out of this quote-unquote United States of America has been anything but the hope for humanity. I think all that was deliberate. So for this moment, so the Pope, once again, uh, coming, you know, uh, at his moment in the sun, and not just the Pope, because the Pope is simply just the image, just an image of the papacy. It's just the symbol of it. But that there is this... Uh, a replacement. It's symbolic to the world that there's a, the old guard is back. The old boss is back in control. And that really the answer for all your problems is not the United States, it's not capitalism, it's not, you know, uh, this, you know, democracy. It's uh, we can make it better. We, the papacy, we, the, you know, the Pope, the. Um, that, the head of the Roman Empire, you know, everything seems to be shifting back uh, uh, publicly 
back to Western Europe. You've got all sorts of things, like whether it's the UN, and now there's the UN city in Copenhagen, how they're shipping all the departments <laughs> over there, to here's the Pope coming in. The Pope is not, you know, you know what I'm saying? So in other words, I've heard mm-hmm. this from other people saying that, oh, no, this is symbolic that, that Rome has taken over the country. Well, Rome has been in control of this country all, all along. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so why is he not really here? It's, why is he here? Why is he coming? Is it really... <clears throat> well, I think, you know, you're right on, and I'll explain it a little bit, too, from my point of view, because I feel the same way. This is really... His visit here is what's going to be called acceptance. This is now the people saying, we accept Rome. We accept our government. We accept the new world order. We are going to bring it in with open arms. And that's why they're here, because they can, they're at this stage. Now, the fact that people want to say America's here, the Pope is here, we're a Christian country, we're not a Christian, we're not a Christian. Look, Vatican has, don't look back to the founding fathers. That's, I, people love to do that. Oh, we got to go back to them. I said, well, what? Why go back to them? They were just, they're worse than the guys who got in office now. That's how it started this whole thing. They're nobody to look up to. And when you really want to understand the Vatican, you'll understand they should be our founding fathers because they're the ones that put this whole thing together. Their help and their thinking did. And this country was set up basically to get them back into power. Because when you look at the beginning of it, Nobody wanted them here, but they, there were certain people that did, and it was the ruling class, the rich people. That's why Washington, D.C. was built on Vatican land. That's why the Tiber used to be called, uh, well, you know, the Potomac, the original name, if you look on land records, was the Tiber. Yep. Uh, so we're looking at the Vatican now using Christianity as a guise, using democracy as, you know, and, Repu- and this government as a way of getting in to here and getting a foothold for fascism, for control. That's why you see the ecumenical movement. Everybody has to be on the Vatican side, but they will tell you we're still the mother church and we're the leaders. So really, this country is no different than Rome. It's the same thing it's always been. It's never going to get better. It's only now where the people are going to be accepting it as Oh, isn't this beautiful? We're finally all in one. You know, we're, the government's going to help us, like you said. The Vatican's going to help us. When, in fact, they're going to destroy any remnants of freedom in the way you understand it, as we understand it, and any remnants of the fact that this country, uh, you know, it was founded on fantasies. And so why should it, how can it ever stand strong? That's my key to tell, you know, and that's what I believe um, by looking at how they've operated. And uh, this, this country is theirs. It's always been uh, just like England, uh, no different. Um, so uh, I agree with you. Absolutely. You look at uh, um, the beginning, you know, the king at the time, uh, during the Revolutionary War, you know, we look at the Treaty of 1781, and, well, he was, what was his title? He was the Prince of the Roman Empire. <laughs> so there you go. He, you know, he's the one that dictated the terms. Uh, we are simply just a 
uh, always been just a corporate entity, an extension of the Roman Empire. I mean, they're the ones, the papacy and the monarchies of Western Europe financed the creation of this corporation we call the United States of America. We have to deal with that. And then, um, yeah, so it's... And it's it's going to be easier to control everybody if you take away the power of the states. That's what's happening. And that that was cemented in with the 14th Amendment. Uh, but you're going to see that they're not only happy with the states being meshed into a one federal large, huge... Or, you know, they can control you, mind, body, and soul, so easy now with the way they've got mass technology, the way the military is kind of set up all over the country, the way the feds uh, control states and cities by money. Uh but they're not going to be just happy with that. They want to unite the whole North America. Uh, And that's why you're seeing the floodgates open for immigration. Uh, It's not going to be the world, you know, I will say this world is not going to be a sovereign. There aren't going to be many sovereign nations anymore. Put it that way. Well, there's a couple things. So first of all, and I know this is just anecdotal, and it's, you know, okay, whatever, Mike, you're just going to take a word on this. I had an interesting conversation, uh, I would say about 14 years ago, with a congressperson, and, you know, we talked all about sorts of things, you know. I I could never connect to Roman Catholicism at the time. You know, I was your typical person that's just like, oh, they're all fascists, and I was a liberal, you know, listening to Mother Jones. Mm -hmm. Or read Mother Jones and that kind of thing. But, uh, but, uh, you know, what she was talking to me, she just was candid with me. She says, listen, I've been in board meetings, or not board meetings, but in uh, meetings in in Washington with high-powered officials and Congress people and senators about how we're going to divvy up, how we're going to, what's the new America going to look like? And it's not going to be anything like what we think. It's not going to be anything like they're telling us on the uh, media or alternative media, there's all this thing about uh, uh, with the North American Union or something. I think it's going to be something, when it happens, it will not be anything like what they're actually uh, telling the public. For the rest of what she said, I mean, uh, it's really going to be, uh, there is going to be basic uh, the idea of, of a North American Union, but it's going to be divvied up itself in a different way than most people know. And, you know, that's what you need to do if you're controlling the masses. You're not going to tell them all the details. I mean, you're just going to, you know, get a subtle hint. You know, there's going to be change. This is what's going to happen and that kind of thing. So uh, definitely. And then we look at uh, the Georgia guys. Did she say what she thinks it'll be? Uh, yeah. I mean, this is, well, she's a Roman Catholic. Let's let you know. <laughs> well, what did she say? Like, part is going to be owned by China, part will be Russia, and all be divvied up that way? No, she said this. There's going to be uh, the next kind of thing that's going to happen is uh, it's going to be more about uh, English. It's going to be cultural. The northern half, along with like uh, the Great Lakes region, are going to be in Canada and the east are going to be predominantly English, and they're shoving all these Spanish folks up. And there's basically America is going to be divided down a line. Kind of think about the Dixie Dixie line that they talked about. And you know, the the South is going to be Spanish, and the North is going to be English. Yeah. I sounds kind of too simplistic, 
But, you know, just, just that's basically the goal. I mean, how it ends up eventually, I don't know. She doesn't even know. Who knows? <laughs> it, but but that seems to be the goal, is there's going to be this, the way they're going to create, a, uh, you know, a meaningful division for the masses. Because it's one thing to say, oh, we've got a, a North American union. Okay, you know, people talk a lot about the politics. But the rest, you know, we're, we're the proles. I mean, we have to live the day-to-day lives, and we're dealing interacting with each other. And most of us are never going to interact with a congressperson or a senator. So it's, you know, it's their world, you know what I mean, uh, that we're never going to be a part of. But they're going to, their world's going to affect our world. And how they do that is through culture, it's through language, it's through just changing the cultural identity of people. You know, does that make sense? In other words, yeah. You know, because they're we're not really involved in politics at all. There's only an illusion that maybe once every four years or two years you go to a poll and vote. The rest of the time we're just uh, mindless zombies staring at a box, pretending that we're actually involved with what's going on in that box. We're not exactly. make, We're not making any political decisions or decisions of the future. So, yeah, that's what she was saying. It it seems to be that way with the millions of Spanish people being flooded into the southwest, flooded into even, uh, well, the whole south, whether it's the southeast. Uh, I mean, yeah, sure, they're coming up to my region in Chicago, but it ain't anything like what's going down down there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, I'm in San, I'm in San Diego, so I know exactly what you're talking about, sure. Yeah. So that uh, seems to be the goal, the next the next phase and all that. So that's what she said in the end of the day. We'll find out if it's true or not, but it, it seems to what she's actually said and what's, what she actually told me and what's going on. They go hey, do me a favor. Why don't you uh, present a, a new topic and let me uh, use the restroom for two minutes because we don't have a commercial break, and I'll come right back, okay? Sure. Absolutely, we can do that. So. Okay, let me, I'll be back in like five, about three minutes, all right? That's, that's, that's fine. You go uh, on with whatever you want and, Maybe introduce a new topic or something. Okay, I'll be back. All right. Well, I want to talk a little bit about folks who are going to be listening to this. Is that uh, you know earlier this week um, did a show on the Georgia Guidestones. It goes along with what Greg was saying uh, about how the the ruling elites, which obviously the head of this pyramidal structure, is Rome, is the the bishopric and the monarchies of Western Europe. So, anyways. And their goal is to uh, eliminate uh, the majority of us as Georgia Guidestones. Ten Commandments. There's only been one organization that really seems to be obsessed about changing the commandments. And that, um, we know, comes out of the Bishopric of Rome. And they want to get rid of the majority and leave it to... The goal is, you know, 500 million, give or take, whatever. The other thing is, when you look at the pseudonym of the supposed uh, creator who talked about this, that it's R.C. Christian. Now, there's a Roman Catholic, uh, even a musical group called R.C. Christian. If you do a little bit of history on Roman Catholicism, uh, R.C.'s, the R.C.'s has always been the nickname, R.C. Christians has always been the nickname of Roman Catholics. Now people say, well, you know, it's it's too you know, you know, be too simplistic about it, or you're being bigoted about. It. No, I'm not. I mean, it's really you put the pieces together. You real, you realize, a, uh, there are countless books. Even George R. Orwell's 
refer to Roman Catholics as RCs. It was very common. The slang for Roman Catholics has always been RCs. So are you back in there? Yeah, I'm back. I'm back. Okay, we're just, I'll just uh, uh, let you know what I was just talking about. because we were talking about uh, depopulation and Rome and all that. And I'm going to and inevitably it leads to the Georgia Guidestones, and I was explaining to folks that R.C. Christian, for my own research, you know, is supposed to be a pseudonym of some person. In reality, mm-hmm. it's the nickname of a group, uh, an organization. It, literally, there's a Roman Catholic a musical outfit out there that you can just go online, go to YouTube, and that's called the RC Christians. If you look at uh, history, of was just like George Orwell, and people in, in in Europe called that was their nickname, Roman Catholics. They just called them RCs, RC Christians. Uh, you can find it over and over again that RC Christians is, uh, you know, a hint, you know, saying that you know, hey, listen, Rome is going to be on top. The average person in this country is not going to catch it because we're so dumbed down. We don't know about the Counter-Reformation. We don't know about what's really going on. We don't even know our, what's our own country. So when they say R.C. Chris, you see all these people like making a big stink. Oh, it's this mystery person, mysterious person. But if you just logically put the pieces together, R.C. Christian is something that the Roman Catholics have been used for a very, very long time, to even call themselves that, even have organizations like that. And then there's only been one group in the world that's ever been interested in changing or having their own Ten Commandments. It's never been the Buddhists. It's never been the <laughs> It's never been the Hindus. Uh, the only group that's ever been interested in changing the commandments has been Rome. It's been the bishopric, and it's... And I know people say, well, what about the Lutherans and the Methodists? And say, well, you're right, but remember, they're part of the same. They're really, they're daughter churches of Rome. They're really, the separation between uh, the Lutherans and the Roman Catholics is very small. I mean, let's face it, they're just, it's all part of the same organization, at the top at least. And so I was just bringing up this, tying in what you're saying about uh, the goal of this new world order and removing the majority of people. If you want to take away the mystery from Georgia Guidestones, hey, this <laughs> was our Christian Ten Commandments, uh, you know, uh, Babylon, you know, the different ancient languages. Uh, <laughs> you're just like Egypt. You're like, oh, my gosh, it's just all the same thing. It's just it, – and another thing, too, is they, they're supposed to be the new Stonehenge. And I, I just did a, a show about it, and there's, people are starting to wake up, too. It's Stonehenge. Folks, what you're looking – they tell you that it's 5,000 years old. It's not. They can't. It's you know what what you're looking at was created in 1958. Mm-hmm. I mean it, it 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 is. I mean and so here's the same group of people who created Stonehenge now creating America's Stonehenge. So you know I, and I, people say we've been oversimplistic by saying it's just a Roman Catholic, it's just Roman Catholics. Well, listen, that's who's really at top of the pyramid. So I mean you know take it or leave it. Uh, they control things. They control your life. They're in. It's not me being bigoted. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, you know the. Let's look at uh, to understand this. Maybe but instead of going way back, we could just look at the uh, difference between George Orwell and uh, Aldous Huxley's uh, Brave New World and Orwell's 1984. When uh, Orwell wrote 84, his. Uh, the the end the outcome was going to be through violence through takeover through 
basically, you know, this 1984 uh, was a very, was a world that was going to have to be, the people were going to have to be beat into submission to get their way. Now, Huxley's Brave New World was completely different. They said the he, what he was getting at was the people will accept this. They will want what we call the New World Order, the Vatican-led New World Order in power. They will openly accept it. And you have to look at both of those things and decide for yourself. Because in, in Huxley's book, if we just you just talk generally, how could they accomplish it through acceptance? Well, we're seeing it. But how are they going to get to their goal of they don't need as many people now they and it's easier to control a, a smaller group so what do they do they kill you softly with their big pharma with the bad food with chem with all these different things in a unhealthy world that will basically kill off a lot of people yeah. uh and they can then have their systematic wars where they want now in uh, 1984, it's more of a brute force kind of takeover. So I believe that if you put those two books together, one way or another, it will end up the way we're talking about. Yeah, I think but you're right. The, what's that? I, I, I believe you're correct with that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's good to read those again. I read those in high school, but then again, didn't get much out of it, and then I read them over again and started to really see that there were two, again, where they're using this again, whether Huxley and uh, Orwell were insiders or whether they were actually, you know, truth tellers. I don't care, like I always say. But you, they were presenting two sides of a story, the Hegelian dialectic again. Mm. Uh, in, in those books, they were getting at the same problem uh, in a different way. But the point I'm trying to get at is... That's what they do in everything. Everything is set up to create a problem. They create the answer, and then they have their synthesis. Whether you look at government, you look at medicine, you look at uh, astronomy, you look at wars, you look at uh, religion, scripture, you know, the way they use it. I'm not talking about the true words, if that you get out of. I'm talking about how they bring two sides always fighting together to get an outcome. Mm-hmm. They've done it in everything, and they will continue to do it. So you have to be aware that you're being... For example, they do it with these false flag operations. Uh, they create the problem at Sandy Hook. Then they create an answer. Then they get their synthesis. And what is that? Well, in the case of... Uh, you, you know they're working on gun control, you know, and it has a lot more to do than that. Mm-hmm. It has, they use these false flags, I think, to see how far they can really go. How, how can, how, you know, we live in such a fantasy world that we accept everything we see on TV as fact. And that's true. That's why they can get away. I don't believe there was one person killed at Sandy Hook, but they got the same result as if they killed 26 people. Uh, and by using crisis actors, which we never thought possible. Oh, yes, it's possible. And then sometimes they use the same people over and over again. Oh, yeah. It's easier to control. And you can see the same thing in NASA on some of these fake uh, killings up in these spaceships, you know, to create, uh, you know, the illusion of what they want. And this illusion 
is really the world people live in. And I say every day, when you step out of your house, you're entering into a fantasy land. Mm-hmm. And that fantasy land is there. Now, here's what I think happens with people. It's easier to live. We're only here a short time. It's easier to live with these fantasies, especially Americans, because they give us just enough to make us not really want to, you know, to find out. They give us just enough to say, oh, we're a lot better off than the rest of the world, so let's just go on. And that's what they do. Uh, No one wants to break that fantasy, what I call the fourth wall. It's the same as if you're in a, like I do a lot of theater work on the side and uh, film work. They create, there's a fourth wall that's never broken, okay? That's the same thing you live in. You don't, you're never going to break that fourth wall. When you're in a theater, it is, to me, refreshing because I can actually say to myself, wow, this is a fantasy and I'm enjoying it. Then when I step out into the fantasy world, I can say, okay, now I want to find out what's really going on and break that fourth wall that they're creating. Because that's exactly what they're doing. There is a fourth wall in this country. And all of it is not being broken. You're living in it. And if we go back in time and listen to all the things, that theater experience that you may go to the movies or you may go to the theater, you're living that every day now. That is your real world, which is really fantasy. And what truth are you getting out of it is if your home, if the home you live in and the people that are closest to you are living in that fantasy world and will not break it, how can you ever get out of it? It's never going to happen. There are certain people that break that fourth wall, and that is where you're going to. That's what you're living, that's what we're doing right now. Every time you start searching the real facts behind things, you're breaking that fourth wall and entering into a world that, you know what, the most, the, the most important thing you're going to say to yourself is, I can't believe this really happened. I can't <laughs> believe we've been deceived like this. I can't believe it. Everything we've learned is wrong. How can I live in this world? Well, you're doing it. Yeah, yeah. And if we really broke that fourth wall, what a world it would be. And I can't help but imagine living in that real truth, what this world... See, they can't allow the potentials of man. They can't allow this goodness to exist. Because, you know what? They don't live in good... They live on a term... They live with a complete different idea. Create the illusion so that, in in fact, here's how they think. I'm convinced of it because I've been thinking like them a long time. And you have to to learn this stuff. We will create the illusion. Now, I'm I'm the ruling class here. We will create the illusion of reality. And we will let our little people, we will present it to them, I should say. We will present them with the illusions of fantasy of, of what they think is real, and we will let them, our little people, create it. It's actually the people who create this fantasy, not the ruling class. It's they true. put it out yeah. there, and we create it because that's what we believe. So 
they know that. They know they, that's how they work. So basically, that's how they can get away with these false flags. That's how they can get away with 9-11. That's how they can get away with telling us it's a Christian country when it's not. That's how the Vatican can get away with saying, oh, we're the vicar of, I'm the vicar of Christ. I'm God on earth. Pay me. Pay me. You're never going to get to that place you want to go unless you deal with us. That's why the Reformation started to begin with, because the Protestants were saying, we don't need you anymore, Vatican. We can find God without you. And the Vatican said, oh, my God, we're not going to make any money here. And created the Jesuit order to destroy that. The Counter-Reformation is a pretty simple concept, and it's going on right now here in America again. The same reason the Vatican and the government needed them to work together back then is why they're working together now. They're trying to teach the people they're needed for everything in their mind, body, and soul. And those of us who don't believe that are in the minority, and if it stays there, they're content with it because they create an illusion or they present the illusion the people create it. So if anybody's to blame, I don't blame people for all the BS they create, you know, for carbon and all. They're trying to blame everybody for creating a bad world. They presented it. We're believing it. It doesn't have to be that way. That's all. If you don't believe it, it ain't going to be there, right? Mm -hmm. Now, who knows why chemtrails are up there? I know they're there. But I think there's a lot of disinformation about the truth behind why it's there. They're going to make us believe what they want. All I want to know is why it's there. And so then let's think about why it's there and what are they doing. That's just one example. Well, but, you know, they're, they're the ones promoting uh, uh, there's a climate change, and they're the ones doing the climate change. And with these, it yeah, certainly is helping. There, there's, it, that's the, it's the geoengineering that is creating the climate change, uh, or it, at least contributing to it. Uh, yeah, create the problem. We'll have the answer, and then we'll have our, we'll get our goal maybe in the end. We, you know, uh, there are a lot of things to be researched, but they're going to, like I said, present their illusions, and the people are going to create the reality they want, which is actually a fantasy. Uh, <laughs> it's true. It's true. And so, I would like to. You know, we we were talking about I, before the show that I'd like to share this another audio, kind of like halfway point here. Um, it's come from Russia Vids, and he's a, he's a gentleman that's on our side, and his take on the connection to 9/11, NASA, and uh, this ruling elite, this satanic ruling elite that uh, is connected, controlling. The Vatican, the uh, the beast system, if you will, on top of that, you know, the governments of this world. And it's very short; it's about like eight minutes, and then we could yeah, do. Go ahead. I think you'll you'll really enjoy it because you and you probably heard you're going to probably uh, yourself heard uh, most of this, but I think people need to hear this. And um, okay, I'll listen. Go ahead. Okay. Cool. Here we go, folks. understand the elite, you have to understand how they communicate, and that's through numbers, and that's the exact reason 
they create this international number system. It doesn't matter if you go to Japan, Russia, Germany, China. Numbers are numbers. And like I've stated many times, the Satanists that run this world, they work off offices, just like Aleister Crowley's Law of Reversal. So as we communicate through languages, they communicate through numbers. And that's why they established, like I said, this number system throughout the world. Because the elite control this entire world. There's no real borders. To the general public, to the masses, yes, there's borders. But to them, behind the scenes, the elite that work together control it all. And one of the favorite numbers of the elite is the number 88. And numerology equals HH, or Heil Hitler. So you see that number 88 all over the place, from restaurants to movies. An example here is George Lucas naming one of his characters in Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, IG-88. And George Lucas's friend and fellow Mason, Steven Spielberg, in the Back to the Future series, that DeLorean has to go 88 miles an hour before it can go back in time. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. They operate. You're not going to waste your time reading texts or listen to a word they say, and you're going to focus on the numbers, and you're going to comprehend and understand exactly what's taking place. And an interesting side note with George Bush, of course, being president during the September 11th attacks in 2001, George Bush's grandfather, Prescott Bush, helped finance the Nazi regime with Adolf Hitler. And for all those out there, that are thinking, I'm just grasping at straws, connecting numbers that are just random. Here's something to consider. They have 88 spotlights for the tributes and lights on 9-11. So you see that connection with the Bush family, the 88, the HH with Heil Hitler. And as part of the matrix, Russia and the U.S. have always been allies. So to the people that always wonder why Russia never blew the whistle, on NASA's fake moon landings, you understand why. Just like today with the International Space Station, with Russia and the U.S. working together to deceive the masses. And not to make the connection with the Apollo 11 mission, the moon landing hoax, and the September 11th attacks, which both events were nothing more than satanic rituals by the elite. Now, understand... These Satanists that run this world, they know the Bible inside and out. And the reason for the name Apollo 11, for the moon landing, and the reason the September 11th attacks happened on that date, it all revolves around the Bible, where the Antichrist is named in Revelation 9-11, and it states they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit. 
whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. And Apollyon is Apollo. And that's the exact reason they named the Apollo mission Apollo 11. It's directly from the Bible. And again, with the September 11th attacks happening on 9-11, is all part of ritual. Get ready to read all these words on this page without making a mistake. Look at the letter at the end and remember the sound it makes. Get ready. How? Yes, type. Get ready to read this word the fast way. Get ready. King. Yes, sound it out. Get ready. King. Sound it out. Get ready. King. What word? King. Yes, yes. Boys and girls, sound this word out. Get ready. What word? Seal. Yes, seal. Read these words the fast way. Get ready. Play. Yes, play. Get ready. Must. Yes, must. Let's read these words the fast way without making a mistake. Get ready. Bible is a goat's head. So you see, everything they do, there's a reason. It's not by chance, not by coincidence. And even after 9-11, with this satanic ritual at ground zero. We're on as a nation commission now. It's suicide bombers, uh, you know, what happens in Israel on a daily basis. Those are the things we have to be careful of now. We have to watch for that. Do you expect suicide bombing struck the North Tower of the World Trade Center one year ago? Hundreds of people have gathered here at Ground Zero to mark the anniversary. And what is expected to be, to tell you that the anniversary ceremony will also include several moments of silence, marking the times that the hijacked jets hit the roses on the site for a flower arrangement that will be turned into a permanent. And like I said. Oh, sorry about this, folks. Uh, they knocked me off. Hold on a second. Let me re- reload it. Literally, they knocked me off the Internet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's, like. he's good stuff so far, you think? Yeah, I like it. You know, it's uh, you know, he gets into the. I always said uh, you can, you know, I do a lot of shows on showing you the signs and symbols are really very key on what we are as a country, what we are, what the Vatican really is. Okay, here we go. I'm going to start over again here. Repeat a little bit here. Uh, I do want to take care because this ties into what we're saying, and that the uh, really. Interesting is that even the, the, the RC Christians are maybe the biggest dupes of all in all of this. They're being used. So let's take listen to the rest of this. Get ready, Yes, Get ready, 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 Get ready,
160 on page 153. And the reason George Bush was really my pet goat to the children in the classroom, it just so happens on the cover of the Satanic Bible is a goat's head. So you see, everything they do, there's a reason. It's not by chance, not by coincidence. And even after 9-11, with this satanic ritual at ground zero. We're on as a nation officially now, suicide bombers. Uh, it happens in Israel on a daily basis. Those are the things we have to be careful of now. We have to watch for that. You expect suicide bombers struck the North Tower of the World Trade Center one year ago. Hundreds of people have gathered here at Ground Zero to mark the anniversary and what is expected to be to tell you that the anniversary ceremony will also include several moments of silence marking the times that the hijacked jets place roses on the site for a flower arrangement that will be turned into a permanent. And like I stated earlier, Satanists know the Bible very well and taking a look at Anton LaVey's Satanic Bible, they have what's called the Nine Satanic Statements in the Eleventh Satanic Rules of the Earth. So you see that 9-11 again in plain sight. And another reason you see that 9-11 in the Satanic Bible, it's a form of mockery. And also Satan is not the counterfeit. Because Satan has created nothing in this world. All he could do is take and steal from what God created. And to any Satanist that might watch this video, I do understand Anton LaVey has stated in his Satanic Bible that there's no Satan. Satan does not exist. He's not real. But that's part of the deception. Satan can never admit that he's real. In doing so, that would admit God's real. And as Anton LaVey told Susan Atkins, Anton LaVey believed in God, but he refused to worship him and instead worship Satan. Understand, all religions are based on deception. Even the Christian churches, which take part in pagan holidays such as Christmas, where the Bible states, do not cut the tree from the forest and line it with silver and gold. And the same thing with Easter being a pagan holiday, with the Easter bunny and the Easter eggs, which represent fertility, the fertility goddess Ishtar. So again, all religions are based on deception. There is a God. The Bible, to be specific, the King James Version Bible, is the only Bible that can be trusted. I'm making this video for people that come to my page that keep claiming Hitler was demonized and he was really a hero and he was fighting the elite. You people are completely deceived. Hitler was no angel and he was working with them. He was just part of the puppet show. The world's a stage it always has been. There's good guys and bad guys on paper and on TV but they're all working together. Now you see the connection here with Hitler and the Pope. Okay, now let's take a look at some more of this imagery. Do you see these Nazi German 
iron crosses. Do you understand what this represents? Here's a larger image. Okay? Iron cross. But what it really is, for those that don't get it, is nothing more than an Illuminati pyramid. A 2D pyramid hidden in plain sight. So you see the connection with the Vatican and Nazi Germany. Hidden pyramid in plain sight. Everything has always been right in front of your eyes. Just people have just been blinded. See the connection? Pretty obvious. Pope Benedict, a Nazi youth, people will say, oh, that's too simple. That's not true. This is just a, uh, a kid that looks like Pope Benedict when he was a kid. Well, here you go. For all, the, all you that trust your media, now what do you got to say? ABC News. Even though, put it out there, he was a Hitler youth in his past. Yeah. Now I want to know what you're going to say about that. And they worship the cube. They worship the cube and the pyramid. Here they are with the pyramid. And hidden pyramids in plain sight. Well, they've been blinded. They can't see what's right in front of them. This Reebok logo, nothing but a two-dimensional pyramid from the top. It's a three-sided pyramid. There's also four-sided, which I'll show right here. With this Arco logo. People look at this all the time. They have no clue they're looking at, just like Chrysler, that logo as well. You're looking at a 4D pyramid. Pyramids in plain sight. Hidden, hidden in plain sight, like I always say. I'm going to finish off again. All on the same team. All working together like they have in the past and they still are today. There's nothing new under the sun. Okay. That was, once again, folks, the Russian vids. And you can find a lot of his work. Thank you, Greg, for entertaining that. Uh, I thought he did a nice job of explaining. I don't know about the King James onlyism thing, but uh, the rest of it, um, it's as clear as day at this point that just what we've all been trying to say and trying to figure out that this satanic Luciferian group has taken over everything, including the Roman Catholic Church oh, way, 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 way long time ago. <laughs> you know, and that uh, this is their agenda. Their agenda is their new world order. And uh, they will destroy the Roman Catholic Church. They're going to get rid of it. The hierarchy, and they're gonna have their own. So I don't know. What did you think? What did you, how did you get a? Did you get anything out of it? I'm sure you've heard all of it. Well, yeah, you know, uh, for a long time, I've always, I've said, said that they, uh, they talk through their signs and symbols, uh, and their signs and symbols can get pretty technical at times. I looked at many of the things that are on buildings. Uh, oh, the simple ones are, you know, but not simple. Really, are the uh, obelisks in Rome, London, and uh, the United States. And when you start really researching all their signs and symbols, you start understanding uh, what this world is all about. You're breaking that fourth wall, so to speak. And uh, I long said that I would love to start a company, uh, a travel agency, a tourist company that would go to these places 
<laughs> and tell people really what these statues mean, what the Washington Monument really means. What uh, I'd like to show them the picture of Pope Innocent above the, uh, I think it's in the House of Representatives or the Senate. They got a big, huge mural of him looking down at the, uh, I think it's in the Senate, uh, looking down on the Speaker or the uh, Vice President of the Senate. Uh, I mean, that's just a couple of them. But if you really, uh, you know, I'd love to have a company to go to Rome and just say, hey, you want to really learn the truth about the Vatican catacombs and uh, how they, you know, uh, say how they uh, basically hold the black mass down there and what the black mass is all about. And, <laughs> you know, uh, but how long would, you know, I mean, I guess you could uh, get a few people to uh, come on your little uh, travel tour. But uh, <laughs> if I'm sure within a few years, I mean, the way things are going, you're probably right. You probably could make a killing doing it at this point. <laughs> but, you know, and I'm, not, I'm sure you have so many places you could go to and uh, to get to their signs and symbols. The numerology part is also very quite interesting. And uh, there's always going to be this kind of hidden uh, agenda. And uh, the hidden agenda is kind of uh, there for you to see in plain sight if your eyes can really see. Mm -hmm. And the more you get to understand that, the more, you know, and it's not a question of, you know, how and how they're going to do all these things is always going to be an item of discussion. But if you understand their end game and how the world has progressed, you will see that there are only little periods of time where there's a respite in this stuff, uh, constant chaos. But then there's a period where there's a little bit of peace. Everything seems nice like in the 50s. Everything was nice and cute here in America. But then maybe in other places it wasn't. But uh, So you're going to get this kind of ebb and flow. But usually everything is you know, it's geared towards this constant of what we talk about, this one world order, one world religion taking over. And uh, I don't think anybody can deny that. That uh, really is the end game. So let's understand that your leaders aren't in that position to help you. They're there to deceive you and to keep you busy with other things. And the same thing goes with the big religions. Uh, they're all in this together to bring about some kind of, you know, and this is where it gets interesting. People really don't, you know, they'll take it from that point, but they can't get grasp this thing that these people are satanic. And there is something working here that keeps them, you know, whether they think they're going to live forever or whether their system lives forever through them, through their generational passage of all this stuff, is something that people have to understand how they think. And so to understand Antoine LaVey and all these people is a, not, a lot of, I, know, I meet a lot of Christians, oh, I can't read that stuff. I go, why? And I think they think they're going to lose their faith. And I say, no, 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 your faith will get stronger if you really read this stuff because that's what it's all about. You've got to understand what this, you know, how can you live in this world? Do you want to just be this kind of, I love these Christians out there who call themselves Christians. And everything seems so happy all the time. Oh, I'm going to help this. And I'm going, what is, you know, maybe uh, maybe you're living in a different world than me, but 
you know, and they don't want to say anything. They won't talk about anything but the Psalms that sound good, you know. <laughs> they don't want to know, you know. Uh, and I don't. I, I do that kind of laughingly because uh, most true Christians that I know don't talk that way. They're pretty honest. They're pretty realistic about what this world is about, and they've experienced things in this world, uh, and they've experienced the hardships because of their faith. They've experienced things that are so not like, you know, just sitting in bed and reading Psalms and going, oh, I think God's speaking to me. Uh, I don't know. You know, that's a pretty, pretty, uh, and I say easy way out. Uh, you're in this world for a reason, and you're going to be tested if you're a true Christian because that's exactly, you're going up against these, you're going up against this satanic evil and you're not gonna you're gonna see it right in the front of your face and you're gonna be tested. And when you're tested, when you're re you see, many people really don't make a choice. And let me tell you why. Because they really have no choice to make. Look, if you don't understand the things we're talking about today, how can you really choose whether you want to be on their side or the right side? God's side. How can you do that? You can't. Because you know what? I bet that if a person really, once you really understand what's good with this evil organization, and then once you understand uh, your other choices, then you have a choice to make. Mm -hmm. Because I think it would be, if somebody came up to me today and said, Greg, I'm going to pay you a million dollars, million dollars, well, I'm going to do this to make your life so easy, and this is all you got to do. What do I got to do? Well, you got to sell your soul to the devil the rest of your life. And you'll never be out of this. And if you do, we'll kill you. Mm -hmm. And basically, that's what Bob Dylan did. Absolutely. Uh, Bob Dylan even came out on TV and said it. They asked him, they said, well, you know, as an older man, they said, why are you still doing this? And he said, well, I made a pact with uh, somebody a long time ago, and I have to do this the rest of my life. He told you what he did, you know. And I don't even think Dylan wrote a lot of those songs, but that's another thing. He performed them. Uh, but that's what you're going to have to decide. And he decided he'd rather be with them. Now, whether he has second thoughts now, that's when they... See, that's when, you know, these old guys that have been with them a long time, they somehow turn up dead. I think they want to clear their conscience and uh, think that's going to change things. Well, it could, but you, you're you're not playing ball with the people that uh, you made that decision. So really, if you're going to make the decision, make it with an open mind on both sides. Know what you know. You can get from them. Know what you can get from, let's say, uh, being on uh, the side of truth and God. And then make your choice. But these people that don't know, how can they choose? It's pretty simple. For me to choose to be a Christian, if I don't know anything, oh, I think I'll be a Christian today because I'm going to go see God. But do I know what I'm uh, now? What about some of these people that get killed? You know, like Sonny Bono or all these people. I think they go into it with an idea that they can backstab these people, and then they realize, oh my God. And you know, that's why a lot of these people get killed. Wellstone, a lot of these other people, because. You know, they don't understand that once they get into that position, it's either you play ball with us, you're on this satanic team, or you're out. And that's why 
you'll you'll get this congressman from Iowa, and he lives in your small little town, and he's a really nice guy, and he wants to change everything, and he says so many nice things. Then he gets into office, and pretty soon he's different. Oh man. You, you didn't do anything. You said you would. Oh, but, you know, then he starts double talk. Well, he's, he's understood that he either plays the game or he doesn't. The ones that don't want to play, they're out. They just leave, or if they stay in, they're killed. Right. Uh, and the ones that stay in have been absorbed by this system. And that's why your level of leadership gets worse and worse as you go up and up. Uh, that's my well, thinking. Absolutely. You know, you know, and that's the reason why I... A reason why I shared that last uh, audio uh, from uh, Russian Biz is because when you go back to the beginning with uh, Alex Jones, he did not bring up the most important element in all of this. That in truth, you know, he's talking about oh, this new pope and he's a communist and and all this nonsense. He, no, he's a Satanist, and <laughs> that, that's the issue. And he didn't bring it up. That really, it does. It's life is really that simple. Which side you? Well, maybe be he is too. You know, if he, maybe uh, Alex is on the same team, and uh, makes you think. He's you know, buddies with a lot of self-proclaimed Satanists. He seems to get along with them great. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like Joe Rogan and others. So uh, well, I don't. I don't know. You know, he's promoting a lot of things that are twisted. You know, um, I don't know in any day, but you know, the biggest, the most important message in our day, and I always is that uh, these uh, men who follow Lucifer, you know, they're Luciferians or even more Satanists, the same thing, um, are the ones in charge of not only Rome, but of all the governments of the world, of all the religions, of all the institutions that enslave us. And that uh, the real issue in the battle is not that, our battle is not really with Roman Catholics or with uh, Mormons, well, we might expose the false doctrines, but at the end of the day, what it really comes down to, and it's nothing to do with uh, being a, a fascist, a communist, is that there really is a God, and there really is a prince of this world, and he is called, his name is Satan. It's not and just a, uh, uh, an idea, even, you know, it's, it's real. And what the real struggle and the real battle is, yeah, uh, good and evil, and that comes down to whether you're going to be a follower of Satan or a follower of Christ, Jesus Christ. Yeah, and um, they never bring that up. They always go around playing around with the, the, the side issues. This, you know what I mean? This, the media circus part of course. Mm -hmm. That's to keep you. You know, there's other reasons. You know, they it's constantly to keep you into this chaotic situation of never knowing. You know, there, there's a time, you know, why I say we, when we live in this technological age, we're so bombarded with information that we sometimes don't, can't figure it out. I, I mean, uh, how can we? There's so much. But the point is, the simplicity of it mm -hmm. is in your own heart, in your own mind. And once you start, I think a person starts utilizing his own thinking, being a, a critical thinker on your own, taking facts, taking things that, you know, you may not even, uh, you know, you have, you have more abilities. People have more abilities than what they think as far as knowing what's right, knowing what's wrong. But if you're confused and constantly letting others do that for you, 
you ought to have a prayer. So what I'm getting at is everything is simple once you understand the simplicity and the beauty of what's good and evil mm-hmm. and how it works. And then, you know, that's why I can say a lot of things I can say today that I never would say in the past because I've sim- you know, something has come to me to simplify it all. And it's not an easy process uh, in a sense because uh, it's easier just to believe what people tell you because of their position because of their money, because of their uh, supposed closeness to God when, you know, how are you going to believe, you know, how many people believe these Satanists on TV who say they're Christian evangelists, <laughs> you know, and they're showing you the satanic symbols right in front of you. I mean, right. what is going on here? But people believe that, you know. Uh, and so the greatest deception in the world is right, it's right there. All you got to do is break that fourth wall and begin to see reality. And the only way you're going to ever do it is through yourself. You, you're going to have to take it all in, and you're going to have to make up your own mind and stand on that. And it doesn't matter what I say. I, if I could help you get to that point. And, you know, people always ask me, well, what do you, what's your goal? My goal is to give people enough information so they can decide whether they want to be in the new world order or whether they don't. Mm-hmm. And if you choose to be in it, okay, we can still be friends. At least I know what you are. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and where they're leading us to is they are going to deceive people what the New World Order is really about, and that I don't like. I want people to make their decision based on as much information as they can get. And if I can help them, and a person after getting it all says, you know, I'd rather be with them anyway, I say, fine. At least you know what you're getting into, and you know these, what these leaders are really all about. So it isn't a question of what you try decide. It's a question of having the information to decide. And my goal has never been to lead people into what I believe. It's always into, okay, what do I need to know to make a decision here based on these things? Because every other decision I make is going to be made on this. All these little things in my life are going to be geared on the major decision that I'm never given a chance to make, and I can't live that way. And so uh, I hope that people use this information that they get from everybody, whether it be Alex Jones or whether it be Fox News or whether it be from your leaders, from the Vatican, from people that speak against them, uh, the Bible, all the things, history, and you come to that day when you say, I really understand this. There's so much more to get, but at least I can make a decision now based. I'm not confused. I'm not chaotic. And this is what I decide. Okay, I want to become a, I want to work with these people because you know what? The new world order is going to make me rich. It's going to give me a house. Hey, if that's it, fine. But at least don't give me this bullshit BS that, Oh, I, you know, because every day, the way the system is set up, you've got to deal with these people no matter you like it or not. And you're dealing with people that think they're doing the right thing when they're not. And you can't tell them otherwise. So the point is, all you can do is make yourself available with the information you have so that you can make a right decision mm-hmm. and decide whether you want to be a part of them 
or be a part of truth and understanding it. And everybody has their own story. You know, many people have to make many sacrifices, and it isn't their fault because, you know, they have a family. They have things that you can't allow, you can't allow things to just disintegrate. So that's understood, but at least you understand why you're doing it, who this is, and uh, not be afraid to talk about it. You know, yeah. that's the key. Uh, I don't work anywhere that, uh, for example, yeah, if I get a job in Hollywood, I know, you know, you'd be surprised the number of people you work with that'll understand this. And it's great. I can go in there and say, hey, pay me my $800 today. I will do my job. But this is who I am. You know, this is what I know, you know, and people say, well, what kind of movie would you make? I say, Listen, I may make a mindless, uh, be on a mindless sitcom, but the reason I'm doing it is because I need the money right now. I, I mean, isn't that something? What What do you want me to do? But if I had resources where I didn't need to do that, I surely wouldn't do that. But the point is, you know why you're, I know why I'm doing it. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, in my mind, I don't know what you think, but, uh, well, I, this is how I, see. I always tell people we need to, you know, study Daniel and learn how to live like Daniel did in Babylon because we're in the same boat as Daniel. And, uh, the big thing is uh, not compromising your faith, your belief in the true and living God. And most people end up doing that, they abandon God and just go after their own lusts and desires. Uh, you know, I was thinking about this, you know, when we're, uh, I was going to ask you this question because I find it fascinating. Now, because wait, let me, let me well, make an example here. Let me make okay. an example and let me tell you what I mean. Okay, last Christmas, I got cast in a play here in San Diego. It was the largest, uh, the biggest theater in San Diego. And I, my part was in a play called, uh, oh, it's an Italian name, and the L'Inspirazione Day something. And it's the longest-running Christmas play in San Diego, 25 years, put on by a, a, a Hispanic group, theater group, but it's in English. And it is a parody of, uh, you know, going to Bethlehem, the okay. Christians going to Bethlehem, and encountering Satan and all this stuff on the way, the devil and all this stuff. And I play an old hermit who's 80 years old, and I know the truth, that we are going to see Jesus Christ at the end, right? Right. Don't worry. And I'm taking these, the, uh, you know, all of the, uh, all of the uh, uh, Christians that were on our trek, all of the, uh, you know, the people, the sheep herders and everything, we're on our way to see, and it's a whole two-hour play involved with that theme, but there's a lot of little uh, natural, there's a lot of political stuff in it. It's a parody. And in the end, uh, of course, we find Christ and everything's fine, and I give my big monologue at the end in front of all these people, uh, and the play's over. Now, the director of the play is a is really a talent. He's an old guy. He's really a talented actor, director, but he believes in. He's a Catholic, okay. 
Okay. And in a couple speeches that he gives us, he tells us, you know, you can tell he believes in um, Mother Mary and all this stuff. Now, I can do that play, present this story, knowing I work with a Catholic like him, without conflict. There is no, I'm not going to get up and say, hey, you shouldn't be worshiping Mary and all this stuff, and this is all a fraud. No. The point I'm trying to make is that play did not get in my way of my belief system. I may not agree with some of the things, but in the end, I could live with that and do and get enjoyment out of the talent that I have of acting. So I don't know if that's what you're talking about, but that's a personal experience. And I enjoyed this, this, you know, three months of my life doing that. Could prepare it for a month and a half and present it every night for, you know, two or three weeks during Christmas with big, huge audiences. And understanding that there are people from all over the place with all different ideas, but none of us were there for a bad reason. You get what I'm getting at? Sure. I see where you're coming from. Uh, if I go back to what Daniel, I'm just saying, you know, look at Daniel, his example of his life. You know, he was forced to be in his circumstances. He was forced to serve the, the, you know, the king of Babylon and be part of his court. And, you know, he didn't say, well, uh, I am not going, I, I reject everything about you. I am the, I'm going to rebel against your kingdom. I'm rebelling against everybody else. Um, now, he, he drew the line when it came down to his faith and his personal relationship with God. Mm-hmm. That, is, that is the importance, because what Jesus is offering us, and by having faith, as you know, we're saved by faith, saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And God so loved the world that whoever, you know, God so loved the world gave his own God's Son, who shall believe in him, shall not perish, but everlasting life. The answer to our dilemma that God has given us is eternal life if we put our faith in him, is only begotten Son that came in the flesh, and it's a personal relationship. And we pray and bow down to our own God, and that you know that as Daniel did, and then he went and he served the king, mm-hmm. <laughs> the king of Babylon of all people. I mean, come on, you couldn't get any more wicked. It couldn't be more example of Satan. So, uh, my point in all that is, we're in a Babylon. We're under. The prince of this world is Satan. Everything, everything, every institution, everything that goes around us, he has his meddling paws in it. And so what do you do? You know what I mean? I've been uh, struggling with this for the past year. Like, what is a Christian? What, what is a, the appropriate job for a Christian in this world? And by the way, there isn't. So what do you do about that? Well, you've got to make a living. Like you said, we live in a system in a world where you have to – you're going to – Gonna have to slave. So, but uh, in the end of the day, what we do physically in this world uh, is not as important as what we do uh, spiritually, if you will. Uh, who we really bow down to? Who do we really pray to? And many people in leadership positions are really bowing down to Satan, Lucifer, asking him for his blessings. And very few people are really asking for a, you know, to have abiding eternal faith in Jesus Christ. That's what it's really about. And it has nothing to do with the external things in your life. 
It's an internal thing. I, I mean, I really do. And of course, it manifests in itself in a way where you change, you know, your that heart of stone turns into heart of flesh and you become a different person, become more compassionate, more conscious, more caring. The things that you really can make a difference about, you will do something about. You make your stances that really matter. And it goes back to what I wanted to ask you is because how did you and I get to this point? Because if I think about myself, I'm just this bozo on the bus from Toledo, Ohio, a blue-collar guy, and here I am this Saturday morning. I'm talking to Greg Anthony, who's, you know what I mean, on the, you know, another part of the planet, uh, and I'm nothing special. And so, and you know, all the things that I've learned, if I, you know, yeah, I, I had to apply myself to some time, but really, if it was my own this moment, by at least as far as the old man, it would have been everything, anything but what we're talking about today. You know what I'm saying? Like there's something motivating you, something motivating me that goes beyond the fact that we have our own personal efforts. Yeah, you know, and like I said, I don't consider, you know, we're all just average Joes in a sense. But what happens is we all make choices along the way. And for some reason, this became important. Uh, What is important is I believe for myself, I can only speak for myself, is that inside of me, uh, I feel I feel like I want to be, uh, I am not doing, the only time I'm really myself is when I do my radio show. Yeah. And the, that's when I'm me. Because I have to compromise a lot to live in this fictitious world. And many people that know me on the radio and then know me in real life a couple of people have been angry with me, and they said, well, you're not the same person. And I say, well, you're right. Uh, and the reason I do my radio show is because I want to be me. I can't be myself a lot of times in this world because otherwise I am not going to be able to be here. <laughs> I will not live. It'll be, it's that simple. Uh, and I find that the compromises I make when I'm in the real world uh, are tempered by what I do on the radio every day. So that reminds me every day of who I am and what the truth could be, what is out there. And that keeps me from compromising too much when I go out into the real world. Now, let me tell you this. There's been periods over the last 10 years where I stopped my show for six months or something like that. Personally, what happens to me, I start really straying away from that compromise I wouldn't make if I was doing my show. I I forget about it. All of a sudden, I don't want to think about this anymore. I'm just like the New World Order, hell with them. They can do it. I'll do this. So I didn't like myself. I like myself more when I'm doing my show, and I'm play- and I believe that there are certain things in the Bible, for example, it says trumpet this truth. Don't, don't stay quiet. So for me, that's my way of doing it. Now, whether it's a chicken's way out, you know, I don't go on the street and do it. I do it through my radio show, and that's all I can do. And I believe I, in my heart, play the part that I should, for people to get, and myself, 
to live a better life, whatever that may be here. And that's really why I do it. I mean, I, I don't think it's anything more than that. Uh, it's a decision. And the decision in me is to constantly trumpet this message because I believe God would want that. And secondly, I do it in the way that I can survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you know at, at the end of the day, look, we all live a double life. We all do. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's, it's coming to terms with that. Uh, it was interesting, you know, like uh, Dave McGowan last night on the show, he said, you know, you know, I feel like I've lived a double life all my life, you know. He's a blue-collar guy working in any kind of, you know. But he comes home and he does his research and his studies about uh, all these crazy things that nobody else in the world will even talk to him about. He could never have a person in his real life have the conversation. And I think, you know, I look, I look at this and say we all live, whether you're a Christian or not or a Luciferian, we all live a double life. There's that in the world that we have to, that we have to get along, we have to go, maintain, we have to feed ourselves. But then, you know, when we're done with that in the evenings, when we go home and as we're now allowed to have that space between our ears, what is it mm-hmm. filling? What's filling it? Yeah. And, you know, some people literally are filling it with Satan worship and Luciferianism uh, and materialism. Uh, a large portion of people are just filling it with uh, what's on the boob tube, and then there's us. And why are we us? And this is where the spirit of God, I believe, comes, I believe, comes in. What motivates a man to be who he is is uh, who he bows down to, and that uh, you know the spirit of God does motivate a man, direct him in the way that God wants him to be directed. Hey, you know that's a good uh, that's a good thought, and I would like to emphasize why don't people think about that? I'll think about that, but I think it's a good time for me to say goodbye. Two hours. I'm I've got some things I have to do today. Sure. And why don't we do another show in a few weeks or so, and we can, can we can pick up where we left off? Well, that's I was going to ask this. So, you know, as the twenty third comes uh, here, um, yeah, we definitely should uh, keep in touch with each other and uh, tell people, you know, warn people and <laughs> what's going on. So, yeah, and do me a favor, send send me a link to your show on my email so I can put it on my website so people can see it. And then we'll talk again, okay? Excellent, brother. We had a really great time. Thank you for sharing your Saturday morning. And uh, man, God bless, man. We'll talk to you soon, all right? Thanks. Bye. All right, bye-bye. Uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, Greg Anthony, and uh, he has a, a radio show. Let me get this out this way here so I can not butcher anything. Yeah, first of all, there's our, his website is uh, arcticbeacon.com investigative journal you can listen to some of the archives of the shows he's done a lot of his articles and if you will see that this guy's been pretty you know he has been consistent in his message and we do a lot of fighting and infighting in, in this whether it's wherever we are in life we just have a tendency to do that and um, you know but if you look at the body of his work this man's been consistent and uh, deserves to be uh, recognized and uh, for that and encouraged to keep going on because he's one of the few voices still out there that's trying to expose the biblical, historical, prophetic, antichrist, antichrist system, which is not a person, but is the, this world.
Roman Empire, this papal dictatorship, if you will. All you know, as we know in the Bible, says the serpent gives us power. Um, yeah, I wanted to say uh, also you can find it uh, his work on liberty. Uh, um, what am I doing? There's LibertyArchives.com, First Amendment Radio. It's just look up investigative journal, and he does good work. I think he does. He does the best he can under the circumstances, the situation. He's no one, no man's perfect, but he's consistent at least. And it's and it's one of those guys who tries uh, at his best of his ability to uh, give you the facts, the true information. So, thumbs up to 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 Greg, and thank you for being part of the show. Thank you for all those people that will be listening to this, downloading it. And remember, and the the the, the Satanist, this Luciferian called Pope Francis, is coming on the twenty third. And then a tour of force to address or have a joint session of Congress. And that uh, you all, as this goes on and ramps up, are, all of us are going to have to make a, a conscious choice of what side we're going to be on, whose side we're going to be on. And whether you believe in Satan or not, I mean, Satan, that's what he wants. He wants you to not only believe in him, but believe in God. And that as long as you are not believing, be still in control. He's a goal with that. So, but in day, you will have to make a choice. So, and um, we're we're things are ramping up here. So there is going to be the old guard is coming back. There's a changing of the guard globally, and um, we really need to stay vigilant about this. Really warn people the real issues that are going on. A lot of side issues going on. A lot of uh, Misinformation is coming out of the, whether the mainstream, the alternative, especially from, quote, unquote, uh, these Christian uh, uh, websites and YouTube channels and voices out there that are twisting the truth and not giving you the whole picture. And then really what all is leading up to is this uh, ramping up of all these different things is all to have you magnify your attention upon the biblical historical antichrist, the representative of that, which we know as the white pope, uh, the visible white pope. From now, I don't go into details about the black pope and who really is in charge and the Jesuits and all that. But even the Jesuits in the end of the day are really the leadership or the society of Satan. Or really, <laughs> that's the way it is, folks. So, anyways, later on today, we've got another show. Uh, doing a lot of shows, interviews this weekend, more than usual. Usually I don't do an interview about every other week and do a lot of recordings, but if things work out, it will be um, Chris Kendall from uh, hoaxbusters.com. And he does a lot of good work, too. So, interesting weekend. So, support, support uh, Greg, man. You don't have to agree with them 100%, but as long as the big issues, you know, you know, he's trying to warn us of what's really going on. So, and uh, yeah, interesting. Uh, 12 hours has been for me, um, or more, actually, 14 hours, 15 or 16. A chance to talk to Dave McGowan, uh, Keith Hansen, and now uh, Greg Anthony, and uh, not. Later, if it, if it works out, Chris, Chris Kendall. I like Chris too. Chris's ability is really interesting. He has a great 
way of critical thinking and asking some really honest and penetrating questions. And it seems to really perturb a lot of people. So who knows? Maybe he'll do that to me too and cause me to to grow a little. So hopefully. Um anyways, God bless and take care. I'm gonna take care. All right. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.